All right. Hello. <laughs> Hi. How are you? My name is Glyel. Glyel Matherin. That's my whole government. Um, yeah, so hi. And this is episode one. Um, so where do I even start? Let's just start as to why am I here. So. <laughs> my brain is going to five different, different ways, but let's just start. So this is. I don't want to say long overdue because God gave me this assignment like two months ago. No, last month. If so. So, um, but it took a lot of strength and I literally had to fight demons to really just be here with you today. Um, scared, nervous. It's an understatement, <laughs> but yeah, but we here, we here, um, obedience is worth more, I would say for sure. So yeah, so I have my here with me because my memory be a little off sometimes here with me, my planner, my handy dandy planner. Um, and I have it with me because, um, I have sermon notes from March 26th. I'm going to show you guys on the camera. Uh, oh, March 26th. I write terribly. My, my handwriting is very disturbing in my opinion, but I brought my sermon notes with me and I also have my phone with me, um, because I like in my note section, I'm a note taker, I journal, I plan, I'm everything um god gives me these words these messages visions and i write all of them down so um on my note section let's just go back march 17 literally that's all i wrote let me show you march 17 it says podcasts and then it says called to be the salt that's literally all i wrote like is a heading that says podcast and then I wrote call to be the salt. Um Yeah, so I've been like many have been I don't want to say binge watching because I watch once a day, but I've been watching and really been um indulging into um the basement podcast with Tim Ross and I've been, I've, I don't remember the first, I think the first time I started watching it was March, the beginning of March, end of February, but it has been so transformative, and literally, like, he says exactly what everyone thinks, what I think, and it's so funny because Tim Ross says in his podcast what drove him to starting a podcast was him being on the podcast, and what drove me to start this is me listening to him and I remember, um, I think it was the one or two, three episodes of me watching. Just felt this really, like, felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, like, you know, this is what you need to be doing. Not exactly like what Tim does, but um, speaking, being vulnerable. 
because I'm vulnerable um, in my inner circles, um, in my small groups. I speak it all. <laughs> um, and just watching Tim do that and be confident in doing that in his own space. He's way wiser than I will ever be. <laughs> um, you know, really gave me that confidence too. And um, at first, like, you know, when I had the thought of like, okay, I should do this. Um, I was like, eh, there's so many different podcasts. There's literally millions of podcasts out there. Um, but it was just every single day. It was just nagging at me like, you need to do this. You need to talk. You need to share. Um, then I just wrote down on March 17 when I was like, okay, okay. Like, Holy Spirit, like, what are you telling me? And literally I got. Um, called to be salt and I didn't really know what that meant really um so I just wrote it down and then literally March 17 I, I was on vacation I was literally in Harris so yeah <laughs> my mind was not on the podcast my mind was not on anything yeah my mind was enjoying Paris it was my birthday trip um yeah, and I just got that word called to be salt. Um, well, sentence. And yeah, so that was March 17. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're called to be the salt. It's biblical. Like, you know, salt of the world. Great. I didn't really know what, what to do with that. So I was like, okay, great. Um, going to move forward. And then the next week, I was, I was on vacation for two weeks. So I did one week in Paris. And then the next week, I was in London such a great trip i had an amazing time like yeah um and then i came back on friday the 24th and then i went to church that sunday and then literally (laughs) the sermon um and it wasn't our usual pastor um at saint church is where i attend usual pastor that you know goes on and does the word it was i forgot her name honestly um, but it was this another um, leader in the church. She went on and did a sermon. And would you not believe um, the sermon was about salt? <laughs> it was about salt. And literally my sermon notes, I'm just going to read. Um, and apparently, because I forgot this, um, I had a dream literally the night before church. And I wrote, I had a dream last night about the podcast name, um, and God gave me journey, journey and salt. And then I wrote, today's sermon was about salt and community. And I was just sitting there at church, like, uh, <laughs> okay, like I never like listen. In my walk with God, when I ask for confirmation or I ask for you know a sign sometimes i don't get that or sometimes i do and it takes a while but this was like came right came right back on the trip went to church and the whole sermon is about salt what (laughs) and it was just about being the salt and i was like okay god like this is the confirmation but wow thank you um yeah so i was just playing or i was just writing and i was like wow i got like this is the confirmation so i have literally no choice but 
to be obedient. Um, yeah. So one thing that stood out during the sermon was salted. Um, salt. So I kept playing around with, okay, salt. Like we have, we are called to be the salt. And she said during the sermon, the pastor said, um, we salt each other's lives. We're called to be salt. We've been salted. Um, you know, and I asked the Holy Spirit to really like dive into exactly what that means. To be salted, to be the salt. Um, and exactly like what what am I doing here, really? Um so as I mentioned, I had literally a dream the night before about journey. Um and so what the Holy Spirit had revealed to me, and I'm going to pull up my notes because I read everything because my brain runs rampant all day, every day. And if I don't write it down, I will forget. And this was um, April 7th, this long note. <laughs> I was in the gym working out. I like to work out. I'm off topic, but I don't work out where like the weight or everyone is. Like my gym has like... um kind of like a secluded room where they hold classes there but when there's no classes you could go in there and work out so this is where i'd be i'd be like in the dark just working out and it's just i'm just there for mental like really i'm just my dear i listen to my podcast or whatever i listen to and like god speaks to me there but yeah i was working out i was there all alone and um yeah i just wrote a lot um as i was listening Holy Spirit gave me a lot. So I'm just going to read what I wrote. Um, and that just could give you the basis of why I'm starting this and what this journey is. So um, in order to be in order to be the salt of the earth, you have to be salted. You have to have been salted. Um, and then I'll go and explain deeper, but I'm just reading what I wrote. So to influence, you have to have been influenced. Um, where do you get your wisdom from? Um, the influences you experience is where you get your um, wisdom from. So I wrote, my notes are everywhere, so I'm going to make it make sense in a little bit. Um, it says, if I am constantly learning, growing, mentored, um, salted, then I could be the salt. Um, constant. I'm on a constant journey of being salted, um, and I wrote salt being poured on me because that's the vision the Holy Spirit gave me. Um, and going back to the source every time, therapy, counseling, small groups, um, those things are pouring pouring salt on me. Okay, so this is what I wrote, and the visual rep the vision that God gave me is like literally I'm like literally covered in salt so I've been poured in salt and the salt didn't like leave me it's like I'm like glistening my body's glistening with salt (laughs) particles right and and I've been salted because throughout my whole journey of being with Christ and just going through life um I've experienced things God has revealed things I went through therapy um I've been around community that poured into me. Um, and this is where I get my, my knowledge, my wisdom, my growth comes from. So I've been salted. So my 
my experiences, my the way that I am now is proof that I've been salted. I've been through some stuff <laughs> and I've been through a lot. So um, the way I represent myself, the way I connect with others is proof that I've been salted. I've been poured in salt um, and wherever I go um, and wherever I go, wherever I interact with others, I'm able to be a salt. I'm re- I'm able to be the salt um, because of my past, because of what I've been through, uh, and because of what's on me and in me is salt. Um, so that's the visual representation that I've re- that I've received from the Holy Spirit um, during that, and I just thought it was so cool. Um, yeah, and just being on here and just talking about my journey and this where the word journey came from. Um, I've experienced a lot and could be many from uh, many a lot could be many to others or not to some we all have different paths but I've experienced a lot in the short years that I've been on this earth um, and just been through a lot of trauma been through a lot of ups and downs um, and still navigating through those things with God and with resources that he provides me with um god redeems um and i feel like a lot of the things that i've experienced and overcome is just it's proof and um you see the evidence that god was on me that god is in me and that god is walking with me um and it's just the representation of like i've been salted you know what i mean um Saul has been poured on me. I've been through some stuff. I've overcome. And that's what gives me the opportunity to be salt to others. So, yeah. So, this podcast will just be me coming on here and just speaking openly about whatever God gives me. Um, not holding anything back. I'm just going to be as vulnerable as I can be. Um, and just sharing my journey. Um, and no. I am not healed in every way, in any way at all. I have, I'm still healing. I have a long, long way to go. And this is going to be a continuous thing. Um, this is something that I don't see like a, a stop to. Like there's no end goal to it. Um, with new experiences that you experience in life, there's going to be a new version of you that's going to over, that has to show up. And other things will have to come out of you. For example, when um, this is an example that people would commonly use when, um, when you want to get married, right? People say like marriage, marriage is hard when two people come together, um, because the two become one, and there's a lot of things that will resurface, a lot of um wounds that will come up that didn't come up ever because this is a new version of yourself that has to show up during your marriage so I think through life there's a lot of versions of myself that had to, that had to come up and that is still coming up even in this season so yeah so this podcast is for is for the people that are on this journey um the journey going through um with God and being salted and being the salt and knowing that you're you don't have it all together that you have a lot to overcome um so this this podcast this talk this conversation is not for the ones that 
have it all that figured it all that know the bible from front to back that that is good that is <laughs> that just that is all the way healed um this may not be for you um but welcome all this is for the ones that are healing um because i know a lot of times when people talk about their healing journey they talk from the the point of view of already being healed the point of view of already being on the side of success but no one really talks about from my perspective no one really talks about when you're in it and you're healing when that sticky part of the process of when you're in it when you haven't reached success yet but you're in it you're figuring out you're up and down a lot of things uh coming up wounds are resurfacing there's just constant things coming up and you're just trying to figure it all out so this is it this is the journey of just continuing um yeah this is what this space would be about um i don't really know <laughs> what's gonna come out of it um i i don't i have no expectations the only expectations that I have for myself is to show up. Um, I have no preparation. I just knew that today I would just talk about why I'm doing this and how it all started. Like, where? Um, yeah, but for episodes to come, I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what I'm going to talk about. Um and I think that's what the beauty of it all is just just being authentic in the space and just letting God use me whatever comes up. So, yeah, one day I could possibly just be upset and just talking to you from that space. And one day I could be thrilled and overjoyed and just talk to you from that that moment. But it's just me showing up and just being vulnerable and exactly where I am in this journey. Um yeah <laughs> um and you know i would say as well um i was kind of hesitant of starting this too because i don't know i felt like i should be doing this with someone it's kind of weird just talking and looking at a camera and just it's just me here um yeah so i just been asking like god like is am i supposed to do this with someone but i didn't want to delay i just wanted to start um because it's been nagging me every day to start <laughs> um so and if someone joins while on this journey then someone joins but the important thing is i'm just being obedient to starting so here we are but yeah i am hungry um <laughs> i haven't eaten at, at all i haven't eaten anything but regardless let me just give you a little background of who i am i know i just went on a rant of like why i'm doing this without me actually telling you who i am or anything um but yeah so as i mentioned my name is glyel and just to give you a little backstory i am haitian um shout out to anyone that's from haiti i was born there um i my family and i moved here in 2005 so i missed 9-11 and for so long and i know this is terrible due to my own ignorance i literally didn't really have all the details of what happened in 9-11 other than like a plane crashed um 
but yeah i don't know why i just said that <laughs> but yeah so i was born in haiti and um i don't remember most of my childhood and i think that's just due to trauma or just you just forget things um but yeah so sorry i just i just had to look at something that my my um, laptop was shutting but yes so i was born in haiti i am the youngest of three i have an older brother and an older sister uh, my parents are still married um and their marriage my parents marriage um was not the best it went through a we witnessed a lot through that um but god definitely redeemed their marriage is far more better than it would than it ever was um for most of my life i would say um but yeah so i i like to bring this up because a lot of people when you tell them that you're from the caribbean or another country outside of like america they think you've experienced like this insane poverty and they automatically have pity um and i've experienced that all throughout my life just (laughs) being here um but oh i didn't even tell you where i'm i am from well i currently reside so my family and i moved from haiti um to new york city and we've been in new york city ever since queens to be exact so if you're in new york city shout outs to you um yeah and i kind of adapted the new yorker aura (laughs) i would say but back to what i was saying um so i moved there when i was eight years old um fun fact i don't know if it's a fun fact but in haiti i started school early uh so i started like kindergarten at like four so i when we moved here i was in fourth grade in haiti but when we moved here to the u.s i had to go back to third grade so because of my age they were like she because it put okay so this is what my mom told me so my parents are insane in the way that they enrolled us and forced us into school literally two weeks of us being in america like we didn't know not one ounce of english and they put us in school one thing about my parents and a lot of immigrants could relate they don't play about your education so they put me put uh my siblings and i in school literally two weeks there was a elementary school literally down the block from where we lived um yeah so i had to do third grade again even though like i was kind of advanced especially in math like we like haiti was well where i went to school was a little bit advanced but I had to do third grade again and I was like why my mom was like the lady was like because I was really really small I'm a small petite person already but in third grade when I was eight years old I looked like I was five years old (laughs) so and the principal whoever was talking to my mom was like um she's eight she should be in third grade she's already small like she's gonna look she's gonna be even smaller in fourth grade so my mom was like whatever so i had to do third grade again but i guess um it all worked out anyway but yeah so my life in haiti financially i would say um was far more better better than my life here in the u.s and a lot of people don't know that there are people um living in the caribbean or 
Africa or like other countries, South America that that don't live in poverty. I didn't know how poor Haiti was. Unfortunately, I didn't know this. Again, I was really young. Uh, I didn't know how poor Haiti was was until Americans started telling me that. So until I came to the U.S., people were telling me, "Oh my God, you're from Haiti!" Like, like, oh my gosh, are you like starving? Like, it was just like this ignorant comments, and I would just be like, "No, I didn't starve in Haiti. I'm starving here in your country. Like, I hate it here. I literally hated America. I'm sorry. I love it now, but." Yeah, as an eight-year-old coming from Haiti, we lived in a really, really big house. We had a maid, someone that cooked for us every day, someone that picked us up from school. Yeah, like, we lived really well. Um, My cousins and family members all were good, too. We had a whole bunch of doctors in our family, so, like, I didn't know people were living in such poverty, especially I was really young. So until I went to um, the U.S. and people were telling me about the terrible things about my country. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, And that just it just brought up a fact that when people talk about like the Kardashians or like celebrity kids, like, oh, they don't know how her um, how well they have it. No, like. They most likely really wouldn't know unless their parents really like show them that there are literally people living in conditions that they would never live. Um, yeah, children are only aware of their surroundings. Um, and if their surroundings is wealth, that's all they know, um, unfortunately. But yeah, I just like to bring up that fact because I'm like yeah it's not always that uh so you know how people go from rags to riches we kind of went from riches to rags but (laughs) we're gonna be on our way back to riches um in jesus name but (laughs) um but yeah so my time in haiti was really uh what i do remember um yeah although very traumatic um we did experience a lot of privileges for sure um yeah so i remember vividly vividly vivid oh my gosh i can't speak (laughs) vividly uh whatever i remember (laughs) um yeah being in america so when we moved to america we didn't move to a mansion like a really big house or apartment we lived in a basement of family friends um and they weren't that really great or nice to us um to be completely honest so it wasn't like oh yeah it was a great environment it really wasn't um we lived in a basement it was a one-bedroom basement all five of us so it was my parents my older brother my older sister and me in one bedroom so you could just imagine the cultural shock excuse me the, the shock of just one going from a tropical country to new york city and we moved there in march and it was cold (laughs) so there's that and then different culture different language and then just a big change in our financial situation like yeah as an eight-year-old i was like what is happening my brain could even comprehend and to top it all off like 
my parents didn't guide us through this process. Literally, we were in Haiti. I was seven. My mom came up to us. We were in me and my sister were in our room. And she was like, pack everything. We're going to the we're going to um New York. She just said America or New York in French. Um and we were like, Yay, like this is so exciting. And we thought it was exciting because my dad was an engineer in Haiti and he did a lot of business in he would he used to travel to the US and he used to come back and bring us toys and treats. So we were like excited because like we only know good things about America from my perspective of my dad going there. So my mom didn't tell us that, yeah, we're going. This is where, like, she didn't prep us for that. She just said, pack everything, blah, blah, blah. She tells us why we're moving, when we're moving. She just said, we're leaving soon. So as children of my parents in a traditional household you don't ask why you don't ask questions you just do as you're told and that's just how it's raised um yeah so we literally packed and within a month or two everything was packed my mom had done sold everything in our house from our beds to all of our appliances in the kitchen everything couch everything was literally gone um and yeah my birthday came my birthday is march 14th and um, I literally celebrated. I remember this image too of me celebrating my last birthday in Haiti. We were in the dark because, you know, my dad no longer paid the electricity because we we're literally leaving like the next week. Um, yeah, so we had candles lit because we had no electric- electricity. And they sang me happy birthday in our table, little kitchen table, blew it out and that was that and then we moved to Haiti and I remember was it like three to four weeks end <laughs> of us being in the basement in um <coughs> in America in New York me and my sister literally <laughs> made picket signs <laughs> I still remember this like we were so upset we were tired of being in America we hated it there I was like this is terrible like the kids at school were super mean to me. I couldn't even understand them. I didn't know English. Like, I was like, why are we living here? Like, uh, let's go back to where we came from. Like, I don't want to be here. Um, I literally wrote <laughs> in French because we didn't know English. <laughs> like, we want to go back home. We hate it here. Like, literally wrote pickets and we just, like, it's not really a picket sack because what we had was just the blank computer paper. It was just going, like, Waving our arms and just marching around our little basement. And then my parents were just laughing at us. And like, we're like, we don't like it here. We want to go back. We were like so angry. And they were just like, oh, it's going to get better. Like, they didn't really provide us with any like veg comfort other than like, this is, this, it is what it is. Um, we're here. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Um, that is the journey to moving here. It was just very abrupt. Didn't know why. I didn't have any answers. We just moved here. And yeah, so I remember being in school. Um, didn't know the language. Kids weren't so nice. Um, yeah, and I went to summer school. And let me tell you that. That was my first and only year being in summer school. Because that wasn't my bag in that summer when i tell you like 
my dad was not playing one thing about my parents won't play about our education so my dad got us like this big um dictionary that translates from like english to um french or french to english and then like we just we worked it um and i knew english by that next year i sure did um and i never went back to summer school so i excelled the math and that's why i really love math because it's the same in every language um yeah and french was my first language i know a lot of uh Haitians, a lot of people know like you know there's also creole um but from my experience um i didn't really know creole um creole in haiti was more like an adult language it was like more like for adults my parents knew it especially my mom would use it when we would go to the markets and she would buy things um but yeah we knew french we spoke we wrote um that was our language and me coming to america and meeting other haitians um in school and me like i remember like me being in class and finding that there was this haitian boy in my class and all my kids was like oh my gosh like you're you're haitian and i was just speaking straight french to him and he looked at me like oh, i look creole and i was like oh well um yeah, so there's a lot of Haitians in New York that don't know French, but they know Creole. Um, yeah, and I think that just has to do with um, exactly where you're from in Haiti. I don't know. But I eventually started to, to learn Creole and things like that. Um, I knew that um, in fifth grade, I believe, in Haiti, like in school, that's when they would teach you French. I mean, sorry, they would teach you Creole. Um, but Creole was always like an adult language in my eyes when I was in Haiti. But yeah, so that was just that story of just us coming here. Um, yeah, and then like just had to learn to love it here. Um, and I do, I do love it here. I do love New York. Um, New York is very diverse. Um, I love the culture. I love the food. Um, I don't really love this how fast paced it is in a way where it's it could be very dangerous. Um, but I love that there's so many things to do here. Yeah, New York City is a really great city. If you haven't visited, you should. Um, so yeah, so that was just the story of that. Um, how I came here. Let me see. What else can I tell you all? Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't know. Um. Yeah, I have no script, unfortunately. But, yeah. So, I currently, I guess I could tell you what I currently do now. Um, currently, I am, um, I'm trying to think. I'm like, what am I, what I'm saying right now? I am a full-time, like, non-profit owner-ish. I don't know how to say uh, the right way. But, full-time, I am a business owner i guess um and it's weird to say because it literally happened so abruptly and i was kind of forced into it so yeah it's still taking some getting used to so i recently was laid off i worked for google as a technical recruiter i was a contract on a contract team um a contractor sorry tvc 
so in new york city um google has an office and a lot most of the recruiters that are hired are hired as contractors first and then they get you know uh transferred to as like permanent employees but yeah so i started um working for google last summer um so i could have made a year very soon um but we got laid off earlier this year in february and that took a big toll on my mental health i won't lie it was very sudden um there were talks of layoffs um for sure because of how the market was going but we just thought that um you know our contracts want to be renewed that's what they told us our contract may not be renewed that's what they kept saying like no one's gonna like really like fire or lay off um they said like uh one of the leads there like she was um i forgot what her title was but she said that like all she's been at this location at google for like 20 plus years and she said herself, like, she never seen layoff. They, what they will always do is, like, reassign you into a different department. So, we're like, okay, cool. Like, we're in the, we're in the good. Um, and literally, like, many people that experience this. Hold on. I'm really, really thirsty. Give me a second. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, like many people um, that have experienced layouts and especially the tech um, space. Literally, it was a Friday. I worked Monday through through Thursday like normal. Um, Friday, I wake up. I work from home. Mind you, currently I'm in my room. It's cute, right? I know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I literally work from home. I open my laptop. No, I got a text. I looked at my phone. I got a text from one of my um, coworkers. She was like, oh, um, do you have so-and-so, our manager? She's like, do you have our manager's um, phone number? Because I am having trouble signing on into, like, this database that we had. And this is this happened a couple of times where, like, something went down with our system. We had problems with our systems. Um, and then, like, IT would be like, okay, we're good, whatever, whatever. So I thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this system is just down for her it happened like all the time so um i was like yeah sure so i went to log into my computer because i had it like on my um computer i didn't actually save her number um so i went to log in and i was like oh shoot my system is down and i'm like oh my gosh what's happening so i texted her and i was like oh yeah my system is down too and then she said oh gosh do you think like they like laid us off and i was like did they lay us off is this what this is like you just log in and you can't log in and there you go he <laughs> got laid off so i was like uh i don't know so i texted another one of my um co-workers and i was like hey like are you able to log in me and um me and so-and-so can't and she was like no i can't either and we're like oh my gosh she, i was like do you have um our manager's phone number she was like, yeah, so she gave it to me, and I gave it to the other girl, and then um, we all texted the manager, and the manager was like, 
yeah, I don't know what's going on. I woke up to news that Google did a mass layoff. I'm getting a lot of emails from a lot of like recruiters saying like they don't have access to. I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm still trying to get information. And we were like, oh, crap. We just got laid off. Like, this is it. Um, It was the most insane, overwhelming, sad, heart-wrenching experience that i've ever experienced at work um yeah and we didn't get the sad part we didn't get official notice that we got laid off to like 5 p.m that day so we went throughout the whole day like okay what's happening kind of like uncertain but kind of certain at the same time because we were seeing like a whole bunch of people on LinkedIn, LinkedIn like oh i just got laid off from google i just got laid off i got laid off so we're like okay yeah i think we got laid off but we weren't really sure um but yeah so until like 5 p.m my contract company was like yeah um we got noticed i like they didn't get noticed the day off um to the day off <clears throat> excuse me they didn't get noticed as well until the day off they said we got we got an email like 2 a.m saying that they were doing layoffs um yeah and they were the whole day trying to figure something out for us um so that was literally terrible and i just started freaking out when i say freaking out i started to freak out because that is my source of income one i started like crying (laughs) i started messaging everybody i knew like my support group like my church group like i just got laid off like i don't know what's happening pray for me um people were calling me were praying over me like shout out to my support system i'm telling you um yeah, I was just talking to God, like, what's happening, like, what's happening, um, and at this time, I've already, like, launched my nonprofit, and I was already, like, pouring money to it, so a lot of things, projects that I was doing was coming out of my own pocket, um, I was kind of, like, funding it, so I was like, how am I gonna fund this nonprofit, like, I have no source of income, like, you, you took it away, um, Yes, yeah, so I was really, really down that day. Um, so I just went on a spiral. Um, yeah. So the nonprofit, I literally launched it last year. Um, and it's been on my mind for a few years before then. So basically, it's a nonprofit that supports New York City as a whole. That's the that's the main point, but mainly for like underrepresented groups and minorities. Um, and I started off with a scholarship fund to help help college students in the CUNY system um, graduate. So CUNY, it's basically like a, a cluster of several different colleges and community colleges in New York City. Um, yeah, that's literally what it is. And just in different boroughs. So New York City has five boroughs. And each borough has a few of these colleges that are under the CUNY umbrella. So think of it like a like an umbrella and then there's just a whole bunch of different colleges under that so um i graduated from two of them i got my associates from one and then my bachelor's from the other so during my um tenor during college there um i struggled a lot financially of course um i just told you my whole story of how we got here um struggle financially my parents gonna help me put put me to school i am the youngest of three so my brother had to go to college my sister had to go to college and me so um yeah i had to figure it all out Ooh. 
I'm sorry. My camera just kind of like just stopped recording. I don't know what's happening. Um, just give me one second. Um, let's see. You see, no one prepares you for, like, technical difficulties when it comes to these things. Because I don't even know what's happening. Um, and it just looks like the video that I just recorded is not even here. I'm gonna, like, have a whole mental breakdown just now. But, um, at least we have the audio, so. But, um... Hmm, interesting. I don't know what's happening. Ooh. Let's see if I can record it on my phone. I apologize for the technical difficulties, but I'm going to wrap up anyway. Um, is it going to record? Yes. All right. So as I was saying, um, yeah, so the nonprofit just helps New York City. But with the scholarship fund, it helps um, college students because I've experienced a lot of struggles um, and I've met a lot of my classmates that experience the same similar struggles or even more like from single parents people who supported their parents people who face homelessness shelter like a whole bunch of different things um and new york city has a lot of diversity a lot of immigrants um i don't know what's happening it's just stop recording again the devil is a lie tell you that um let's see I guess this is gonna be a whole different type of um Ooh. Uh. all right um recording on my phone now but yeah so i've met a lot of different students that face similar struggles so yeah so i've done a lot of not a lot. I've done a couple of things for New York City, um, for the community. I've hosted a back to school drive, um, done the scholarship things and doing resources as far as like resume building workshops and different things um, for the community. So, yeah. So once I got laid off, you know, I had this strong urge of like just not urge. I'm sorry. Just strong feeling that maybe like it's time to just focus on this for full time. Because if you know anything about working for big tech companies, you have no time to do anything but work for that, that big tech company. Um, and that's what I've experienced working for Google. It's just, it was so overwhelming. Um, yeah, that I literally didn't have much time to focus on a nonprofit and doing what God really called me to do. God gave me a vision for it. That's really, really big. Um, 
yeah and I think that I knew I had to I would have to you know go after it full time at some point but during that time I just thought like you know let me rack up some money (laughs) let me save up some money let me make sure I have a good cushion so that when I do step out you know I'm good but that's not really stepping out on faith now is it really um that's me putting my trust on the money that I've saved rather than putting it on him so that was like the big really big um thing shift that God did was just pulling me out of that pulling me out because I was very dependent on the income that I was getting from Google it was a really nice cushion and he pulled me out of that and said now you're going to trust me you're gonna have no choice but you trust me um yeah so we're out here <laughs> in the deep um trusting god with this nonprofit, and this is what i do full time and so far it doesn't feel like work because it just feels like it is exactly what i'm supposed to do um yeah um that's exactly what it feels like um and i'm grateful although i am a bit scared i won't lie um i don't i'm not 100 percent confident but so far god has been showing himself faithful constantly and showing me like you know like i got you like you're not gonna go hungry <laughs> you're gonna still enjoy life um yeah i mean being able to go to paris was kind of like god confirming that like because i wanted to go to paris so bad for my birthday and that was something i was planning on too and once i got laid off i was like okay i can't go but god was like yes you can like you're okay and i went i had a really good time and i'm okay i was still able to eat (laughs) so so, yeah so that's what i do now full-time and god is just guiding me through that and i just can't wait to see where we go from here but yeah so i'll wrap up here um thank you for listening in and listening to me um tell you about my journey and where god is leading me in this space i don't really know yet but um yeah so we're gonna be here in the comfort of my home and the comfort and the close my close space my personal space my room uh, which i love so much and grateful for and we're gonna be here just talking me talking to you all i don't know what's gonna come up out of it but this is the journey this is what it is this is me trying to be vulnerable and just me being a vessel me being used me being obedient and i don't know what's gonna come out of it i hope you get blessed i hope i get blessed (laughs) um through it yeah so this is it and yeah i guess i'll see you on the next episode bye y'all be safe